0: You know, we've all heard the phrase, take heart. Or sometimes when we're going through a tough time, someone will say, don't lose heart. And we always take these words as encouragement. But the truth is, if our spiritual life is about anything, it's about the heart. You know, God gave us the greatest treasure in all of creation when he gave us a heart. All the happiness that we've ever known or ever hoped to know.
1: Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. See if this, if this story sounds like you. This is a story about a
0: Texan who was getting frustrated while driving aimlessly through a mall parking lot, unable to find a spot. Finally, he said, Lord, help me. If you'll find me a parking spot, I promise to go to church every Sunday and to pay my tithes. All of a sudden, there it was—an empty space right up front. And the Texan said, "Never mind, Lord, I found one." <laughs> you think we might do that sometimes? You now, just think about that. I want to talk about the heart. For just a minute. You know, we've all heard the phrase, take heart. Or sometimes when we're going through a tough time, someone will say, don't lose heart. And we always take these words as encouragement. But the truth is, if our spiritual life is about anything, it's about the heart. You know, God gave us the greatest treasure in all of creation when he gave us a heart. And I'm not talking about just a muscle organ in your chest. All the happiness that we've ever known or ever hope to know. It's unreachable without a heart. And, you know, the, the subject of the heart is addressed in the Bible more than any other topic, more than faith, more than obedience. And I've told you many times how, how, how frequently money is mentioned in the Bible, but it's The heart is talked about more than money. And when reading the word, it doesn't take long to realize that the heart is the central thing. If you want some examples, it's, it's really just where do you start. The word says, love the Lord with your God, with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus called this the great commandment. And notice it said, love with all your heart first. The Word of God sees the heart as the source of our creativity, our courage, and our conviction. It's the source of our faith and our hope, and it's certainly the source of our ability to love. And I know that there's this popular belief that our our mind, our brain, is meant for reason, and our heart is for emotions. How many of us have always heard that? I mean, we get accused of thinking with our heart instead of our head. Or we get accused of thinking with our head instead of our heart. Isn't that right? I believe the word tells us that that's very flawed thinking. You remember that King Solomon was considered the wisest man who ever lived. But when God invited him to ask for anything in the world, Solomon didn't ask for the biggest brain. He didn't ask to be the smartest man. What he asked for was a wise and discerning heart. The word also says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. He's telling us that our ability to trust comes from our heart, not from our mind. And I think the book of Proverbs is way ahead of Dr. Freud on the subject of character development by about 2,000 years. In Proverbs it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, Jesus explained that the Pharisees were great rule keepers of the law. But their motives were wrong. They were model citizens and their actions were great. But their heart was in the wrong place. And Jesus said, we've got to do better than that. I wonder sometimes if we really grasp what a priceless thing it is. To have a heart. It's God's gift. It's what makes us different. And it makes us able to do what writer John Eldridge calls. Become intimate allies with God. And it's the condition of our heart. That shapes. And defines our lives. So whatever you do this morning. Don't lose heart. But It is. All about heart. The Lord said, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am their Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. For they will return to me with all of their heart.
1: Are you worried about anything today? Stay right there to discover how to turn your worry into worship and your fear into faith. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. If you allow me to, just a moment,
0: I want to talk about why is it that we worry, that we worry so much, and especially worry so much about money. Now, I don't know about you, but money has always been the easiest thing, for me to worry about, either not having enough of it or not knowing what to do with it, not knowing how I should handle it, I worry that I'll run out of it, that I will always be able to make something work with it. Basically, something involving money is the easiest thing for me to worry about. And it's one of those things that brings me to anxiety and sometimes even, even fear. Now, I want to share with you for a minute what I have learned that I must do to overcome my worry and anxiety about money. And I'm hoping it will help you if you happen to struggle with money issues like me. Now, not everyone worries about money, and I, and I understand that. Maybe some of you are, are like the guy who found a way to deal with excessive worry over money. He told his best friend how he did it. He said, I've lost my job. I've got lots of credit card debt. My car's being repossessed. My house is in foreclosure, but I'm not worried about any of it. And his friend said, you're not. Why aren't you worried anymore? He said, well, I'm not worried because I've hired a professional worrier. He does all my worrying for me. His friend said, that's great. How much does your professional warrior charge you for this service? He said, he charges me $50,000 a year. He said, wow, how are you going to get that kind of money? He said, I don't know. (laughs) That's for him to worry about. Hiring a professional warrior wouldn't really work for me, but something that has helped me through the years are the very words of our Lord and Jesus, save, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the subject of worry. And we find His wisdom on this in Matthew chapter six. And keep in mind that at the time He spoke on this, He had been sharing many things with people about how to live. And in those times, the people worried mostly about. Basic things like enough, you know, how to get enough to eat and something to wear. So listen to what he says. He said, look, I'm telling you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat and drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds, he said. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, meaning this means they don't work and get a paycheck or have anything in the bank. And yet he goes on. Your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? And can any one of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? And Jesus wasn't finished with this. He says... He goes on and he says, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow? They don't labor and spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these flowers. What he's saying, there is nothing you or man can do, can take care of you like your heavenly father. Then he says, if that is how God clothes the grass in the fields, which is here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, how much more will He clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry about what to eat and what to wear, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given. To you and then, then Jesus wraps this all up by saying, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, now we need to understand something, especially me. I'm talking to me, those are the words of God worry and faith cannot coexist in the kingdom of God. Worry is a waste of time. Worry is distracting. Worry is a misuse of our imagination. Worry is a bad investment that never pays off. Worry is harmful to our health. But more than anything, worry is a sign of our lack of faith. You know, A glass of water weighs about half a pound. And if you hold that glass of water in one hand out here for a little while, let's say four or five minutes, it's it's really not a problem. But after 15 minutes, your arm will really begin to ache. And in 30 minutes, you'll be in pure agony holding that water right out here. Sooner or later, no matter how strong you think you are, you have to lay that water down. And it's the same way with worry. We think it's our job to do it. And many of us carry around worry and stress like it's, that's part of us. But the Word tells us that it's not. And what the Lord is trying to tell us, that like a glass of water held too long, we in our human condition are just not built to do it by ourselves. You see, the glass of water didn't get any heavier. It still weighs the same one-half pound. But on our own, we just aren't made to carry worries, stress, and the burdens of life for any extended amount of time. But here's the good news. He is. Jesus is. And he explains it to us in this passage so that we can give it all to him. Because he's got it all covered. So if you are worried about finances today, or really if you're worried about anything, the Lord wants to turn your worry into worship and your fear into faith. And so when it comes time to pray today, I hope that you'll come and you'll let someone pray for you and you'll find that your faith will rise up And it'll push worry aside. And you'll have the promise of peace that transcends all understanding through Jesus Christ. And when we call on the Lord, we can stand on those promises that he made in Matthew that all these things will be given to you.
1: So you don't have to worry anymore. God has placed dreams within all of us Stay tuned to learn a few simple steps To pursue your dreams And let God activate his power in your life So you can fulfill your destiny On the Bright Side We'll be right back I love the intense brightness and durability Of Nebo Tools flashlights Listen, my neighbor lost his keys And I asked if he had checked on the seat of his car He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools Second generation Slide King flashlight And I told him to look again he found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him NevoTools second generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. I'm going to ask everyone a very personal question this morning. Is your dream
0: still alive? Are you still reaching for the stars? Well, whether or not you're prepared to answer the question, right now I want you to know that God knows you have dreams and desires in your life. And he knows that they are important to you. The word says to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I believe that he wants all of us to be star reachers and dream seekers. Many of you have dreams, but somewhere in the past they got sidetracked for different reasons. And your life circumstances make it seem impossible to revive the dream that you had. Others of you have a dream, but a significant risk would have to be taken in order to realize it. And your responsibilities to others make it difficult to pursue it. To be honest, there's lots of reasons why we give up on our dreams. But you see, the problem with letting our dreams go is that when we do that, we may never experience the life that God intended us to have. And I know you've heard me say often that I believe that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. I believe that each of us has something that inspires us, that we love to do and that we're gifted to do. And when we recognize what that is, God's purpose for us will involve those things. That's because he he made us that way. His purpose produces the passion in our life. So what I'm saying to you is, it's never too late to reach for the stars and pursue your dreams. And you may say, Bob, those are very nice words but you don't understand my situation. I could never drop everything I've got going to chase a dream. Well first I would say to you that dreams are not to be chased. They are your dreams, you already own them whether you pursue them or not. And then I would give you these few simple things to consider to encourage you to make active again that which God put naturally into you. The first thing is this, beware the dream crushers. Many a dream never had a chance because of people who discouraged you when you declared it. Every creative endeavor will meet resistance from some people. It would be great if everyone was behind you 100%, but that's probably not going to happen. What matters is who is behind you. And we're promised that God is always with us, whether others are or not. You know, the story is told way back in Genesis. Genesis young Joseph was a dreamer he dreamed he would be a great leader but when he told his brothers they were jealous and they plotted to kill him when they saw him coming they said here comes the dreamer let's kill him and throw him in a pit then we'll see what becomes of his dreams well Joseph was spared and he ultimately realized his dream and became a leader his brothers tried to crush his dreams but because Joseph lived to please God he fulfilled his purpose as a strong and wise leader. You have to beware of the dream crushers in your life. The next thing we do is this. Just open your heart and your mind to what God wants to do with us. For some of us, time and neglect has taken the clarity out of our dream. But if we ask him, God can restore it along with instructions. For some of us, it's hard to hear God speak to us because we won't sit down and shut up long enough to Listen so we have to stop and earnestly seek his direction for our life there's an old saying that says this the best way to make your dreams come true is just to wake up and finally when you come to grips with the decision to pursue your dream then make a plan and just do it just do it in Jesus name don't look back be decisive understand there will be problems there will be hardships But at that point, your dream and you and the Lord have become one on the issue. So I don't know why I wanted to speak about this this morning, but some of you may be at a crossroads at your life today. Your dream may involve your career or education or travel or it could involve a ministry. But whatever it is, if it's burning inside you, your dream is part of who you are. And I believe that God wants all of us to reach for the stars and pursue our dreams and let him activate his power and his blessing in our lives where we can fulfill our destiny.
1: Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers?